It is Locked On Jazz for the 30th of August. Oh my gosh, what happened? Is the Donovan deal dead? No, but we'll try to explain what just happened. The Knicks signed R.J. Barrett. Are there other options? Are the Jazz really rebuilding? What's going on? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all podcast apps as well as on YouTube. Please give us a five-star review if you have a chance. That'd be greatly appreciated. Just write your team every day. I don't need... Or you can write a big, long monologue about why you love the show. Or, please, in the comments section, just let us know you're there. It's always fun to kind of go review the show on YouTube and see who checked in. Put a little your team, hashtag your team every day. Uh, Glad to have you involved. Lots of things to talk about in the chat room today as well as the big news is the Knicks... Give the Jazz a deadline yesterday to get a Donovan Mitchell deal done. The Jazz don't bend on their demands. And the Knicks turn around and sign R.J. Barrett to an extension, which makes it a little more difficult, but not impossible to trade with the Knicks if you're involving R.J. Barrett. But, but, There's all sorts of times where we've talked about this deal without involving R.J. Barrett. So in some ways, on just the simple takeaway on things, things got more difficult, but they did not die last night. And in some ways, if R.J. Barrett was never going to be a part of the deal, from the Knicks standpoint, then things haven't changed at all. Then the Knicks at this point are saying, we're going to take R.J. Barrett, we're going to take Rick Brunson, or, or, or Jalen Brunson, we're going to take Julius Randle, and we're going to take Donovan Mitchell, and that's our team for the next little bit, and that's going to be it when we get Donovan. There's some argument I could make. There's actually more pressure on the Knicks today to give up an extra pick and get Donovan Mitchell than there was before they signed R.J. Barrett. So I'll get to that. But let's walk, let's, let's see what happened. The best analogy I could give, and this is probably a bad one because it involves dating, and that's never great. But the two teams have been basically at prom, and regardless of whether they came with other dates, and they generally came together, have been dancing at prom all night long. But when the music stopped, somehow they... Prom's probably a bad analogy because it implies high school, so let's go with something older because I'm about to have them leaving together. So, all of a sudden... They didn't go home. To, they, they, they didn't go to the after party together. But they're still texting. They're still snapping. They're still interacting. It it wasn't something went wrong. In the sense that they've been at, dancing together the whole time. And then the Knicks turn around and said, "Hey, we got to know by Monday whether we're doing this deal, or else we got to give R.J. Barrett." His, his extension. We've been talking pressure points this whole time. I missed this one. 
we talked about it, but I didn't realize how much of a pressure point this was. And that is that because John Moran had signed his deal and because Zion had signed his deal, and we talked about this, if you've been listening to Locked on Jazz throughout the summer, we've talked about this a lot. R.J. Barrett had to be signed to a deal. R.J. Barrett's a bizarre player right now. His counting numbers are super good. His, his second-level analytic numbers are really, really bad. Does he help you win? It's kind of unclear. Do you want to commit to him long-term? You don't have a choice. He was your third pick of your draft. you got to pay him. It's a little tricky. It's also why it's a little tricky whether the Jazz wanted My viewpoint on whether the Jazz wanted R.J. Barrett is if at worst he was a great asset. But if the Jazz traded for him, he was an asset if they extended him with a poison pill, which is like the in phrase, which is what the Jazz, why everyone is talking about the Knicks-Jazz deal being done because of the poison pill. Eh, It's only more difficult if R.J. Barrett is still a major piece. But if the Jazz are tearing this all the way down, and going all into the middle of the pool and fully committed to a rebuild. They may not want RJ Barrett. So there was this phrase this week that the Jazz there was the Jazz had the gas pedal down. They might have had the gas pedal down because the Knicks game a deadline. So let me like let's start with just the first question. Does this mean that Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks in a deal that involves R.J. Barrett is dead? No. It's a little more difficult. You have to add a few more pieces. I don't want to bore everybody to death with what the poison pill is. Um, Dan Clayton does an awesome job at SLC Hoops with a video on it for like 13 minutes. It's like amazing he can do this. He's incredible. Somebody should hire him, a team. Um... No, don't, actually, because he's too good information for all of us. Uh, but go check that out if you want to. The, the next aspect of this is, is the Jazz-Donovan Mitchell trade done? No. Is the Jazz-Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks trade done? No. Is the Jazz possibility of trading Donovan Mitchell to other teams done? No. Is there a chance... The Jazz have gotten cold feet on the magnitude of the rebuild. The rebuild is super hard. Like what your what the Jazz have never said they're doing this. The way the Jazz have been portrayed by the media, maybe accurately, frankly, maybe accurately. You know, just because something's portrayed by the media doesn't mean it's portrayed incorrectly. It just means that's how it's been portrayed. Is that the Jazz are into full what the media calls tank? We can call it rebuild. Committing to this, the way the Rockets did, the way the Thunder have, is super hard. Like, it takes a mental fortitude of immense levels to be willing to literally, like, pull all of the talent off your roster for future assets and start this thing from the bottom up. Math will tell you it's the right thing to do. It's the process. Math will tell you that the way you do this is you get top five picks. And the only way you can control that you get top five picks is to really pull all of your talent back and lose games and get in the right position in the lottery and hope to get lucky. Doing that and walking around town while doing that, doing that and facing the fan base and the calls from season ticket holders and your staff and your crew and your coaching staff and everyone is 
super hard. It takes a massive, massive commitment. It takes an incredible, incredible diligence, dedicated diligence to the task at hand. There's a chance that the Jazz went, whoa, 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 whoa. That's, that's too much. I don't think so. I think Danny's pretty willing to go there. I think Ryan's pretty willing to go there. I think the commitment is there. The numbers make add up that that's, that that's the move. But there is a chance. And, and what's been interesting this entire time, and I just don't think it's been talked about enough, <clears throat> is that the Rudy Gobert trade was such a massive haul. You probably had to do it whether you were in a rebuild or not. Now, the easy answer is if you trade Gobert, you're into a rebuild. And that really, really, really might be true. Like, I kind of generally agree with that. But there's also a minor chance that we traded Gobert because at $40 million, it was a real problem for us down the road. Some people believe that. Uh, I believe it less in the sense, just to be clear, that I'm being consistent. I bought a little less in the amount the cap is going to increase in the next coming years. It's going to go crazy. It's why the R.J. Barrett deal is a good deal for the Knicks. But... There's a, there's a good argument that winning with Rudy at 40 was going to be impossible. So if you have this concern that winning with really winning with Rudy at 40 is nearly impossible and you just got off for this haul for Rudy, you, you make that deal and then you figure out your next step. And the seemingly logical next step is, okay, well, we're just going to go. But as I just talked about, that takes this massive commitment. Maybe the feeling is, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's use the Rudy assets. Let's, we're not getting what we want for Don. Let's go look at it. So let's address what's next with Don if the rebuild's still coming. And what's next also? Like the Russell Westbrook thing is pretty clear to me that, like I talked about it yesterday, it makes so much sense. Like, it's kind of honestly getting right to the level of the same amount of sense as the Rudy Gobert deal. The world might be just conspiring that the Jazz are going to do this because the rest of the world is saying, hey, you got a bunch of talent, you got a bunch of guys, and we're willing to give you this, and you're going to start your process for you. So, let's touch on that. Today's show is brought to you by my good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street. I'm going to go down and see Cam there today. And also in Logan and in Linden, I did just get the new Ionic 5 the and the new Sonata Ionic. I think it's the Ionic 6 is coming out. It, it's, it's truly awesome. It's Hyundai doing Hyundai things at an amazing level. And what I mean by that is Hyundai gives you the most amount of, of bells, whistles, value, safety for the dollar. It's why we bought two Santa Fe's. It's why we just bought an Ionic. It's why my house looks like a Hyundai used car sales lot right now. The Because when I do the math and I do the look at what I can get for the dollar figure and the value, it's just not even a question. And then I'm dealing with the Murdochs, and the Murdochs are outstanding. So located at 4646 South State Street or in Linden or in Logan, the SUV lineup is great. It's the Santa Fe, it's the Tucson, it's the Kona, and it's the gorgeous Palisade. Every time I see a Palisade, I'm jealous. The new electric cars, the Ionic, takes a little weight, but it's worth it. And then the Sonata and the Elantra, and the Elantra was the North American car of the year for the two sedans. If you're going to either of those locations, please email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. I got Jake down at, uh, at Linden. I got Cameron over in Murray. We'll set you up. We'll give you the VIP experience um, and give you a great uh, experience at both of those. Today's show is also brought to you by Intercap Lending. That's Steve Carter. That's our own personal loan officer. That's our guy. 
Steve Carter and Intercap. Intercap, such good people. Brock Worthen, who's the president there, has just built a great community company. They do great work. I mean, really, when you want, hey, it's super that they, uh, an entity that they're doing good work in the sense that they make sure they take care of their clients. Why are they growing? Because they get deals done, right? Like, that's what takes getting deals done is, or getting growing is getting deals done. Why do real estate agents use certain lenders? Because they close deals. That's what Brock Worthen and the guys do. And then Steve Carter's just amazing. I've done two loans with him. My COO's done a loan with him. A ton of lockdown people. Give Steve Carter a call. He's our own personal loan officer. He will make it so easy for you. 385-800-8528. If anybody in the chat room has used Steve Carter, let us know, because it's amazing. 385-800-8528. Intercap Lending, MLS number 190465. Visit more at intercaplending.com. Again, you're welcome to email me first at dlock. 09 at gmail.com and I'll uh, set you up with a direct meeting. It is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you all the things you need, hopefully making better your team every day. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. Uh, if we are on full rebuild, that second listen is NBA Big Board with the crew. They're doing a great job in the offseason. Um, I, I will be tuned in with regularity. Also, it does say, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a little note. Jazz Labor Day sales going on this weekend. I think it starts Thursday. Word is the deals are going to be incredible. It'll be on the plaza at the team store. Uh, so make sure you stop by for that. All right, so what now? What now? So there is this thing called the poison pill. And what it basically means is that now R.J. Barrett is, from a trade standpoint, is his current salary, which is 10 point whatever nine or something like that, plus the average of his extension combined into one, and moves it down and makes him 26, I think. Okay, it's a weird number. Just work with me. If you really want the details and understand it, as I said, Dan Clayton at SLC Hoops does a great job on a 12-minute video on it. It basically means this. The Knicks can only bring in his current salary, but they have to, they have to somebody who takes R.J. Barrett has to send out a different number. Right? So there's a gap. The number, the, the dollar figures that the Jazz, if they acquire R.J. Barrett, has to send out, has to be this number, this made-up number, that's the combination of his extension and his current salary. But the Knicks can only take back his current salary. So those two numbers don't match. So the only way you deal with that is you start adding players, adding players, adding players, making the deal so big that the gap that currently is significant gets smaller and smaller and then falls inside the collective bargaining agreement. Okay. It's totally possible. It's totally possible. So that deal is completely capable of being still done. So while you hear the poison pill and you hear the story that the Knicks gave the Jazz this deadline, this deal is still totally possible to get done. And it's not even difficult, frankly. Like, it's adding more pieces and what's difficult clearly for the Jazz and the Knicks to figure out is draft capital. The the hang-up this entire time has been how much draft capital... Are the Jazz going to get from the Knicks? And that's still the hang-up. The pieces are kind of irrelevant. You can include Rose or Fournier or Topham or Grimes or RJ. Okay. The second thing is you can just do the trade without RJ Barrett, which is actually what I think the Knicks have wanted the entire time. And I would argue, and Nick fans, if you're tuned in, you may disagree with this. This is fine. This is what makes this interesting. When the Knicks start the year with RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson, and Julius Randle, and they're all now signed for three or four years. This is their team, and they don't start the well year well. 
the pressure on them to make a trade just became even more significant than it's been before. Now, I think part of the reason that they just signed R.J. Barrett is to trade him a year from now. But this is their team now. And it's frankly not that good. Unless they add Donovan Mitchell. Then it gets a lot better. But right now, it's a play-in team in the Eastern Conference. And it's signed up and pretty tight hamstrung-wise. Jalen's got 27 million. Julius has got 23. Evan Fournay's on the books for a few years at 18. Like, it's not great for them right now. And so I might argue that the Jazz looked at that deadline and said, great, sign R.J. Barrett, be more hamstrung than you are, have less trade options than you've ever had before, and then come back and call us and we'll get that extra draft pick. That's actually what I think from a Jazz standpoint might have taken. I have not talked to anyone. I know there's all sorts of like, there's this great phenomenon that everything's being reported from New York point of view, Utah point of view. And I actually am as out of touch as I've ever been before on something right now. So this is really just an honest look at it. And it'd be interesting to see what, if Nick fans are with us on the chat room in, on YouTube, please give us your thoughts on that. The, the, my thought is that, hey, they suddenly are going to start the year with Derek Rose, Evan Fournier, Jalen Brunson, Mitch, uh, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. That's their team. That's a play-in team. If the pressure point is going to come on the Knicks, the next pressure point is on the Jazz, which is Donovan comes to camp, and then the next pressure point is on the Jazz if they start to win too much, and then the next pressure point is on the Knicks where they don't win. Well, it's more of a pressure point now if they don't win if they have these guys and their only other move is to go get Donovan Mitchell. And maybe they think that Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett and then probably move Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson is enough to win. They might be right. So I actually don't think that the poison pill lessens the deal, gives the Jazz less options that that were out there. I actually think we're kind of where we were originally, which is the Jazz and the Knicks cannot decide on on draft compensation for Donovan Mitchell. And if nothing else, it might have just worked to the Jazz advantage now that R.J. Barrett's not a part of the deal, the Knicks have less options than they've had before, and that they now are going to have to give up another pick. Now, the other thing is if you believe R.J. Barrett's good and helps you win, debatable, then those draft picks might not be worth as much as you might want them to be. The other thing is like other deals. Scott Gerard of 1280 The Zone had an interesting tweet out last night that said the the Jazz bypassed a massive haul from Cleveland. I think that was, I, I probably should get his exact wording before I, and sees Charlotte as a possibility. That, um, those are both, you know, Scott knows his stuff. Scott's, Scott's connected. Um, and, and interesting kind of to see those things being mentioned. You can start playing with the ESPN trade machine and figure out any of these trades. It's not hard. The question you don't know is what the draft capital was. In the case of Cleveland, if it's not involving Kevin Love, then it really kind of has to be either Karis LeVert or Laurie Markkinen with Colin Sexton. That, that would seem to be the logical deal there. That you're either, and I'm guessing if you're Cleveland, you want Laurie Markkinen's three-year deal to be moved, not Karis LeVert's free agency deal. And so then the, then the Cleveland Cavaliers become Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen moving forward. And you have to figure out whether you think they're, that's so good you don't actually want their picks. And that, according to Scott Gerrard, in his tweet, that 
That deal is now off the table. Charlotte gets pretty easy also. It's Terry Rozier and Mason Plumley, basically. Or it's Kelly Oubre, Mason Plumley, and PJ Washington. I think get it done also. Um, again, it's, it's, if you, you know, it may be, I, I'm going to guess again in this circumstance that the Charlotte Hornets would like to move, if they're bringing in Donovan Mitchell, they would like to move Terry Rozier in the deal um, and not have Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, and Donovan Mitchell all on the same roster. That doesn't seem to make a great deal of sense um, along the way. Uh, actually, Kelly Oubre, Mason Pumley, and P.J. Washington do not get that deal done. That's too little. Um, that's not, it's not enough uh, to get it done. So you may have to include Terry Rozier. By the way, super interesting note. I'm not sure what I think of this, but when I did this the other day um, and did the uh, Terry Rozier and Mason Plumley trade for Donovan Mitchell, it gave the Hornets one more win. It only gave them one more win than getting Donovan Mitchell for Terry Rozier and Mason Plumley. I thought that was a that's Hollinger's analysis. I'm not sure Hollinger would want his name on that. I was a little surprised by that. Um, so that gets us. Those are the two other deals that are being talked about. The and I still think, frankly, that Orlando's a player. Washington's name's been mentioned a bunch. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but I do think there's still other routes out there. That if the if in fact you want to buy the Knicks just moved on, which I don't believe for one second. Um, there there are other routes out there, and there are still just as many routes with the Knicks, frankly. So we'll look at that now. There is a deal that's out there that's just so fundamentally makes sense that it seems like it has to happen and it's going to tell us whether or not the Jazz actually have cold feet or have reconsidered the rebuild um, along the way. Today's show is brought to you in part by betonline.net. BetOnline with all the latest odds, everything out there for you. Pop news information, go check it all out. Major League Baseball getting down to the wire, the World Series champs are still the same as what it's always been. The damn Dodgers at plus 300. Astros plus 425. Yankees sliding at plus 475. And the Mets at plus 500. With the Braves charging at plus 1,000 to uh, win the pennant. The Astros are plus 165 to win the American League. The Dodgers are plus 150 to win the National League. And NBA basketball, they've got all of the Futures and NBA team wins out there, except for they now actually, I think last I checked, might have all 30 teams win total up. They do. They have the Jazz over under wins at 30. So you have to decide whether you think they're. And the Knicks are finally up, and their over under win total is at 39.5. This is exactly my point that the Knicks win total is at 39.5 with everything that we're talking about. A below 500 team. It's all at Bet Online. Dot net. You might think it's all right to drive buzzed or to, you know, just be mellow with it, shall we say. Or one of those people thinks it's just frankly okay to drive stone. It's not. You know, your answer is, oh, I'll just, I'll drive slow. I'll be cool. Nope. 
Wrong. The truth is reaction time slow way down when you're high. You're not only put yourself in danger, you put everyone around you in danger. That is a buzzkill. So stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked On Jazz today. For your second listen, may I suggest Locked On Knicks today. Should be a lot of fun to hear what they'd have to say about what's going on on this. All right. By the way, that bet online number right there, 39.5. By the way, you think the over or the under on the Jazz at 30? Go throw that in the chat room. Let me know your thoughts on over, under on the chat room. And also, this is my point on the Knicks at 39.5. That's a play-in team right now without Donovan Mitchell having signed these. That's not okay for them. So maybe the R.J. Barrett poison pill makes it more difficult, but it doesn't close the door. But the fact of the matter is what just does close the door is the idea of them making a trade without R.J. Barrett. So I'm not sure the Jazz wanted R.J. Barrett anyway. That's not clear. And I do think the the draft assets become more important as time goes on here. And I think the Knicks are under just as much pressure as they were before to make this deal. Knicks fans will probably feel differently. Okay, we talked about this yesterday as part of a three-way deal. The Russell Westbrook, the Lakers comment that they will not give up their 2027 and 2029 first round picks unprotected unless it makes them a title contender is a very telling comment. It basically means we're willing to give them up. We have the package. I can't imagine that they can get something better than a Boyan Bogdanovich, Malik Beasley for Russell Westbrook package. You can trade in and out the names. But the fact of the matter is, from a Jazz standpoint, it's a great deal too. Unless unless you think taking Russell all by himself on that salary is actually worthy of two picks. but And, and it might be, frankly. It actually might be a great deal for the Lakers and a only okay deal for the Jazz. But from a Jazz standpoint, it's a pretty good deal. And here's the thought. If you're taking Russell Westbrook's $47 million contract this year, you deserve at least a first-round pick for taking that deal. Right? If you're trading for... If you're acquiring Boyan Bogdanovich, I would think that that should lead you... That should give you a first-round pick. But probably not an unprotected first-round pick, right? A first-round pick with a bunch... Boyan, to me, at this point, is worth a first-round pick, but with only a year left on his deal, probably, and at 30-whatever years old, and an awesome three-point shooter, is probably worth the deal, but it's probably got some parameters on what it's on how much. So let's call it like a top-15 protected first-round pick. I kind of made that up. Somebody like Dan Clayton, who's analyzed all these trades, or even Andy did a nice job the other day on this. Like you, They probably can do a better job than I can on this, but... Let's call it, let's call Boyan this conceptually this is right. Let's call Boyan a you trade Boyan right now you're going to get a first round pick top 15 protected. You take back Russell Westbrook, it's 47 million and get it off the Lakers books, you probably deserve a first round pick unprotected plus a little. So let's take the plus a little and remove protections on the other first round pick. And now you have a pretty fair deal, plus you're getting Malik Beasley. So the idea that the Jazz take in Russell Westbrook, and frankly, 
I would be all in for watching Russell Westbrook for an entire year play that hard with that kind of pizzazz on a team that's not necessarily trying to win a ton of games. Be kind of awesome, actually. Be totally kind of awesome. So, that's a side note. But the Boyan and a piece, to me, just makes so much sense. If the Jazz are really in a full rebuild. And if that deal doesn't go down, and frankly, the 27 and 29 unprotected picks from the Lakers, who have not been the most functional organization in the world and have not done the greatest job, to me, seems like a pretty good trade because of all the teams we've talked about, it's, you know, Minnesota, you're really banking the 27 pick comes through because the 29 pick's a little protected. Like, if you want a pick to come through the way Danny had picks come through for Brooklyn, and I think those 27 and 29 Laker picks have a chance. When LeBron's playing somewhere else with Bronny, and Anthony Davis is the last one there living the L.A. life, and Boyan's retired, and whoever else is gone, uh, and the Lakers sign their next free agent, we'll see. But I think there's a... I think there's, a, like, I like those picks. To me, this is the pick that tells me whether, this is the trade, not the Donovan trade, that tells me if the Jazz are in full rebuild. Because this one makes, has the right value, lines up correctly, feels like it should happen, and if the Jazz make that trade, it's the right trade to make, and it's a little bit the world's conspiring. We gave you such a good deal for Rudy, you gotta do it. We gave you such a good deal for Boyan, you gotta do it. Well, now you're into full rebuild. To me, that's the deal that tells me. If that deal doesn't happen, then I might say that the Jazz have either pivoted or that the media took them on a route they were never planning to go on. Right? Because I think that that's the deal I'm watching actually even closer than Donovan. Donovan's pretty complicated. There's a lot of assets. You've got to get major pressure points. The Jazz want an awful lot for it. He's a major piece. He's a franchise piece. He's an incredible kid. And instead, what we're talking about here is a Westbrook deal that seemingly makes so much sense that it should happen. To summarize, is R.J. Barrett coming to the Jazz done? No. More difficult? Yes. Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks? Done? No. More difficult? Not even really. Donovan Mitchell to other teams possible? Still? Sure, yes. Scott Gerard, 1280 The Zone. Interesting tweet on that. Jazz in full rebuild? Not sure yet. Will Russell Westbrook trade tell us? Yes. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.